the stats suggest that we should run the football against the Patriots. And that makes me so nervous. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't really know how else to really explain it. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. All right, all right. Welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Built-in Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang, and I lied. It's uh, it's just going to be me again. I know I promised on Monday's episode that I would get Justin uh, to be on these episodes working with me uh, from here on out, but uh, he's dealing with some ailments, some unforeseen ailments, so, you know, I, I'm not going to tack him too hard for that, but it is just going to be me here today as I preview this second round uh, matchup against the New England Patriots. Uh, but before we get into that, you can always find us on most social media, podcasting platforms, and even on YouTube by searching up the Wandering Buffalo podcast. And, you know, just like the Monday episode, I have four talking points for us to get through ahead of this matchup. And, you know, I, I was going to set set this talking point up for later in the episode but i think it's appropriate to start with this one so my first talking point is the COVID 19 list and how it's affecting the bills and the patriots and i the reason why i decided to move this to the first talking point is because i just found out quite literally two minutes before i press pressed record to start this episode that cole beasley has just been placed on the COVID-19 list. Um, it's not ideal. And I think as I'm looking on this Yahoo Sports website, you know, Deion Dawkins, John Feliciano, they're still on it. AJ Epinesa, Tyrell Dotson. We we don't really know if they're gonna be back for in time for this game. I, I might not have my ducks all in a row but it seems like their status for their game right now is quite literally up in the air now when you look at the patriots um players that are on this list they have wide receiver kendrick Bourne, linebackers harvey Lange, uh cameron mcgrone and ronnie perkins so they're they're gonna be out well if this is working under the assumption that those players aren't going to be available for the game. That that one of their better top wide receivers might not play, and they're going to be challenged with some linebacker depth. Now it's not their starting linebacker, um, uh, but you know, still, regardless, that's that's an area of concern for the Patriots. And he, flipping the script back to the Bills. We might not have Deion Dawkins and John Feliciano still. We, we're just hoping that they test negative. And again, this is just working under the assumption that they're vaccinated. And I'm not going to get into all that because I, I just don't want to. And yeah, this isn't a political pod. This is a Bill's pod. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so let's just hope that, and this goes for the Patriots and the Bills, that everyone is okay safe and healthy i don't really like the fact that this is happening right now and this is like 
the NFL isn't with the with dealing with this issue isn't a vacuum with the Bills and the Patriots. This is happening all over the league right now. We saw multiple games get moved this week. The Browns and I I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are also kind of up in the air for this game that's happening and I'm recording on Wednesday or I'm sorry on Tuesday so I think that their status for their next game is up in the air as well and that's just an example that this is the world that we're living in right now and teams are just going to have to adjust on the fly so if you didn't really enjoy what you saw with the offensive line and how they dealt with um, the COVID-19 edition with Deion Dawkins it's Unfortunately, it's what we're going to have to deal with, and it's not ideal. And the Patriots are going to have to deal with it, too. It's just another obstacle in the way for both teams. So I say all this to really just recap. Like Again, I just hope that everyone's healthy, safe, and just can get back to, help, get back to helping their team achieve their goals. And... Um, that's all I can really say about that. Like I said, Cole Beasley, the newest addition to the COVID-19 list. So the Bills are out or without, probably going to be without one of their featured uh, wideouts. So Gabe Davis stepped up for Emmanuel Sanders. I, it looks like Isaiah McKenzie, I'd imagine, would fill in for um, Cole Beasley. But uh, we'll, we'll see how the Bills uh, adjust to that um, obstacle. Okay, moving to my second talking point, and I'm sorry uh, if I rant a little long there about the COVID-19 thing. It's just, uh, it, it, it just kind of happened, and I feel like we just needed to talk about it. So anyways, moving on to the second talking point, and this is just overarching stats, okay? And what if I told you that, what like right now, when I was looking up just the total team stats for this team, what would I tell you? Like, what would you think if I told you that the Bills right now have the 13th rushing offense? I would have said, really? And that's how I felt when I was looking this up currently ahead of this matchup. I was like, wow, the Bills have the 13th ranked rushing offense in the league and that's you know josh is typically the leading rusher for this team so he he's probably the you know the reason why um the bills even have that high of a stat and the patriots actually have the 14th ranked rushing offense in the league not something that i would have imagined so when i when i thought about the patriots i thought they would have a higher ranked rushing offense and that the Bills would have a significantly lower rushing offense. Kind of weird. Now, when you go to the passing offense, the Bills have the seventh. And I don't think that comes as a surprise to us, right? We know that this team um, is a pass-first offense. That's what the Bills want to do. We have all these weapons, and like I said, we're going to be without one of them ahead of Sunday's matchup. But, you know... The Bills are a pass-first team, and that's what they'd like to do. But what if I told you that the Patriots have the 17th pass offense? That's something that I guess 
I wasn't expecting. I thought they would have been ranked a little bit higher than 17th. Uh, I know I was talking to Justin ahead of this, and I asked him the same question, and he was like, uh, I'm going to say like 15, 10 to 15 range. So both of us sus- like were working under the impression that the Patriots had a higher-ranked pass offense, at least from a bird's-eye view. We think that this team is a better passing uh, offense than what these stats would suggest, right? Now moving on to just defense, offense in general. The Patriots have the 16th ranked total offense, while the Bills have the 7th total offense. Okay. Okay. So there's, the you know, from a bird's eye view again, you would imagine that the Bills could take advantage of the fact that they are, you know, nine spots higher than the Patriots on, uh, like, on offense, but... Then you got to transition to defense, and the Bills have the number one total defense, while the Patriots have the third total defense. We I already mentioned that the Bills have the seventh ranked passing offense, but the Patriots have the third ranked pass defense. The Bills have the first pass ranked defense. So when I'm looking at this, initially I can think to myself, okay, well, if the Patriots have the 17th ranked pass offense but the bills have the number one pass defense this should be a favorable matchup and then when you look at the patriots rushing attack which ranks 14th and then the bills have the 13th rank you know pass or rush defense it should kind of land in the bills favor but i don't know what it is i just don't really feel like it's it's gonna be that easy right it's not going to be just like a trade-off one for one like we'll be fine we'll we'll our the stats suggest that we should be able to lock lock down the patriots because i don't think that that's what's going to happen i think that this is going to be again a very close game as what these stats are suggesting but i i think that the patriots are going to be able to find their way to get their weapons open and again kendrick Bourne, we don't know what his status is going to be leading up to the game but he might not be available, so that might help the Bills out. And we already know this. Tredavious White's not available, and Dane Jackson, this is his second week starting. So we don't know what the Patriots are going to scheme uh, against him and Levi Wallace, so those numbers could fluctuate. you know. And then the last stat I really want to talk about is the rushing defense. The... The Bills have the 16th rushing defense. The Patriots have the 24th rushing defense, according to ESPN. And I might have, I don't know if um, I lied to you earlier, but I, the, the Patriots have the 14th rush offense and the Bills have the 13th rush offense. Rush defense, the Bills have the 16th rush defense and the Patriots have the 24th. I did not expect that. I think that that number is very deceptive. I think the Patriots are probably a lot better at stopping the run than we think. And, you know, if I'm Brian Dable, who likes to take advantage of, you know, a team's weakness, I'm looking at these stats and I'm going like, okay, well, if the Patriots aren't good at stopping the run defense, I'm going to run the ball at them. And it 
you know, it should make sense since the Bills have the 13th ranked rush offense. So they're a little above average, I guess. So this should be an area that the Bills should attack if philosophically the Bills want to attack another team's weakness. Now, I know if you're a Bills fan like me, you're like, I don't want I don't want to rush the football because we're not good at it. And I I get that it says the Bills are the 13th rush rushing offense, but it definitely does not feel like that. It feels like we're like bottom bottom tier rushing offense. But again, on this piece of paper that I've you know, I've written down all the statistics to from courtesy of ESPN, it would say otherwise. The stats suggest that we should run the football against the Patriots. And that makes me so nervous. <laughs> I don't I just don't really know how else to really explain it. I think I think deep down that the Bills are going to try to run the football against the Patriots defense, but the way that they go about establishing the run recently has been like, okay, we're just going to run the football, run the football first, and then that will open up passing lanes. Look back against that game against the Buccaneers. First half, they abandoned the run. Like, no running back touched the ball. It was Josh Allen. Quarterback design runs, passing plays, heavy passing plays. Then the second half, you saw running lanes open up because the Buccaneers were like, okay, they're just going to run the football. There's literally no reason why like this running back isn't going to do anything. We saw Devin Singletary have a really good second half there. And Devin Singletary had a pretty decent game against the Carolina Panthers too. Um, you know, nothing that really jumped out of the page. I think it was like 4.4 yards per carry, had that 16-yard run for a touchdown. But, you know, I think maybe instead of trying to establish the run first, the Bills should try to establish the pass first. And I get it. You know, the Patriots have the number three passing defense. Well, Carolina had the number two passing defense. So, and Josh Allen accounted for, what, three or four touchdowns? So, it's it's definitely possible for them to go against the grain here, even though statistics would say, don't pass the football against the Patriots. Well, I think that if the Bills want to get a solid running game into this, they need to do some passing. Like, whether that's, like, short, like, bubble screens, stuff like that, just to get people, like, in rhythm, and eventually sprinkle in some runs. That will open up the running game, and... It just almost sounds counterintuitive, but uh, I if if the Bills are going to go about it, I think that's the way they should do it. Before we get into the third segment, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this episode by talking about the third and fourth segment here ahead of the Bills-Patriots matchup, and that's got to be... Start. We're going to start this second half with talking about the difference between last matchup and this matchup. Okay? The, right off the bat, weather. So, I was at that Monday night game. Winds were like 50, 60. There were snow, uh, snow flurries. And like I, I mentioned on the a previous pod, 
that the wind quite literally put me in my chair. That's not going to happen in Foxborough. So the game's at Sunday, 1 o'clock, and the weather should be 40 degrees, so that's kind of nice. Um, temperature, like I said, 40 degrees. There's, a, I think, 20 to 40% chance of participation. Um, not participating, pers- precipitation. So might get some snow flurries, might get a little wet, and then there's 9-mile-per-hour winds. So much more of a favorable matchup uh, for the Bills and their pass-first style offense. And I guess that puts me into my second difference from last game to this game, is that Matt Jones might actually throw the ball more than three times. Okay? (laughs) So that's another thing that the Bills are going to have to account for. You know? One thing I've noticed about the Patriots' offense and... Again, I, I'm not a Patriots connoisseur. I, I don't follow the team that much. Uh, you know, keep your friends close, with your enemy closer. That's probably the best way to the, describe how I follow the Patriots. Like, yes, I follow my team very – I follow the Bills very, very closely. And then on, like, a third degree, not even a second degree, third degree, I'll, I'll follow the Patriots and see what's going on with them because you, the, the best way to get to the playoffs – is win your division. And we have a matchup here that could very well dictate who takes home that division title. But, you know, Mac Jones and uh, that offense, I feel like it's a lot of timing-based throws, rhythm, and uh, I, I, I've yet to see how that looks against this Bills defense. And... Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have had success this year against, you know, rookie quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks. And I understand that Mac Jones is actually performing very well. He's definitely by far right now the best performing rookie out of this most recent draft class. But we knew that was going to happen, right? We all knew that Mac Jones had, had the highest floor out of all the quarterbacks, and now we don't know how high a ceiling could get. That's that's hard to say. Versus like someone with a like Trevor Lawrence, and unfortunately he went to the Jags, which is a a huge disaster. Whatever's going on in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer getting canned and all that other stuff, but the support system that I think Mac Jones walked into it was significantly better than everyone else, all the other rookie quarterbacks, um, or at least the ones that are playing right now. So I think Mac Jones has made the most of his opportunities, and he's someone we're going to have to account for in this matchup. So it, I'm curious to see how what Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott dial up to stop him and this timing-based offense. Um, and then number three, the difference here is that you know, Dane Jackson, I love the guy. I love his fire. But Bill Belichick is probably going to look, give him some looks because I can imagine him saying, like, well, you know, this guy is a unproven rookie or not unproven cornerback. He has he doesn't really have a lot of time on task. So let's let's go after him, see, see if he can live up to the task. And I think that's a great idea if you're a Patriots fan. Right, that go after the unproven cornerback, 
run the football because the Bills, you did it successfully against the Bills the first matchup, and they they knew that you were running the football but couldn't do anything about it. So go back to the well, you know, run the football and go after the cornerback. So, and I'm not saying that I want the, the Patriots to do that, but I'm just, you know, brainstorming on what I think they are going to do. And I could be wrong, but it, you know, self-evaluating my team, I think that's the area of weaknesses. Run the football and go after Dane Jackson. But this time around, I think, I don't know if Starla Tule was starting for, I think he was against the Patriots, but the we got to talk about Harrison Phillips and the fact that he's been coming on kind of strong recently. He started against the Panthers, and he played pretty well, and Starla Tule was on the bench. They rotate him in, of course, because that's what, like, that's what the Bills like to do with their defensive line. But I I don't that might be a, an important factor into whether or not the Bills rush defense plays better this time around. Okay. And then moving on to the last talking point, perhaps the most important talking point, big picture wise, is playoff implications. Right now, the Buffalo Bills have a 74% chance of making it to the playoffs. If we win against the Patriots in Foxborough, 1 o'clock, by the way, awesome time, it jumps to 95%. And then after that, the Bills play the Falcons and the Jets. If the Bills can win against the Patriots on Sunday... Everything is right in front of them to take that division. Unless something crazy happens. If they win in, like, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how the, like, implications work and whatnot. And I'm getting all this, all these numbers and whatnot from the New York Times uh, playoff calculator. But if the Bills lose against the Patriots, their chances of making the playoffs drops to 57%. A coin flip. That's huge. This, I would argue that both of these Patriots games were, were huge for both teams, right? The last one was like, all right, if the Bills lose this game, then they basically drop to the 17 or out of the playoffs. And we saw that the Bills lost and they dropped to the 7th seed. Then we had to play the Bucks, and luckily some things happened where the Bills were still the seventh seed. <laughs> now this this game, but if we actually won that game last Monday night, I'm pretty sure we would have been tied for the number one seed, or we would have definitely been the division leader. But this time around, it's I think this matchup is even more important. I would argue that it's more impactful than the first game because of the fact that we're talking about a drop from 74% to 57 if we lose. Was that 14%? Yeah, that's a pretty big swing. That's a pretty big swing right there if the Bills lose. 
But if the Bills win, we jump up to 21% of making the playoffs. 74 to 95. This game is so significant for what the Buffalo Bills want to do. Right? Everything is right there for them. They just got to go out there and do it. Can they do it? Yeah. Of course they can do it. Will they do it? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. And I I am I'm a I'm a pretty nervous person when it comes to these types of matchup and historically they would go in the Patriots favor, but I think this matchup is going to be much different than, you know, last year and this year's uh previous three games because we had that crazy weather game that neutralized all passing attacks and when the Bills did decide to, you know, start passing it was a little too little too late. And then last year they had Cam Newton throwing it, who was a shell of himself, and we were reminded that against the Panthers this this past Sunday. This is the first time that the Bills are actually going to get a look at Mac Jones and that Patriots team. So can the Bills answer the call? Go out there and do it. To you know, quote Joe Marino, either do it or don't. You lose to the Patriots, it's not the end of the world. It's not a must-have, but it, 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 it would be very nice. It would be very nice to help the Bills in their playoff implications. And I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I still think that this team has the juice. It has the makeup to go into the playoffs and make a deep push. But they just got to go out there and do it. So that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, review, and uh, like our podcast. Again, we're a show on the built-in Buffalo Network. And we're always looking for amazing guests. So if you're interested in joining our show, reach out to us on social media and podcasting platforms. And even on YouTube by searching up the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. Again, my name is Andrew Chang. And you can find me on most social media by looking up two Changs and my usual co-host Justin Goddard, who will be back next week. I, I'm going to try my best to make him join next week. <laughs> I'm not going to make a promise this time because I've already broken that promise uh, a couple of times now, but hopefully I can corral him back in for next week's episode. Um, and yeah, you can find him on most social media platforms by searching up jgods22. Like I said, that's going to do it for today's episode. Hopefully, we ha- we'll be talking about a Bills victory come our recap episode, which is now moved to Mondays. Um, but other than that, all I got to say is go Bills. <laughs>